The Unexplainers Extra! I'm John Rutledge, a.k.a. Eggsy from Visionary Rap Group, the GLC. Lover of mystery, disciple of intrigue. I'm Mike Bubbins, comedian and qualified PE teacher, fan of fact, seeker of proof. We're on a quest to unexplain the most unexplainable mysteries. For we are the Unexplainers. Back straight, keep back straight. Right, let's go. Bend your knees, keep back straight, look up, look up. Come on. Finish it, finish it. Yeah. What, are you do? what are you doing? I said finish it. I said finish it. Strong energy. Don't drop the weight. I'm an Olympian level now. Then what? No, you're not. All right, then what's your favourite Olympic on intrigue? Come on. Probably the most elaborate place to hold the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, Atlantis, 96, underwater. An entire mean, underwater kingdom hosted. Shut up. Do you mean Atlanta, 96? Yeah, underwater, the massive No, Atlanta, kingdom. summer game, yeah. 96. The big underwater one. No, no, 96 is correct. Yeah. Atlanta, city in America. Not only did this mythical kingdom make itself known to all of the world for just two weeks, what made that a special Olympics was when Atlantis opened its gates, every sportsman there held his breath for the entire time. Muhammad Ali carried the Olympic flame. Right, so the greatest boxer of all time carried a flame underwater, underwater. to open the ceremony, yeah. yeah. And then people who won the marathon held their breath for two hours. Everybody. You don't believe in Atlantis, do you? Let's put these weights down, let me put my top back on, my bottoms as well. Please do. And let's go and find Atlantis. I, I can prove it exists. Atlantis exists. Hop in there! You're an idiot. Unexplainer's log. My internet research had revealed the lost undersea kingdom of Atlantis was actually closer than any landlubber had dared to dream. In fact, it was right here, just off the coast of Wales. Tired from his gym session, Mike had fallen asleep on the drive home, so I took a quick detour, a 150-mile detour to the seaside near Harlech. We do go to the nicest places, John, don't we? I mean, it's beautiful. we're very lucky with this job. Well, we're, we're lucky and unlucky. I'm lucky in as much as I've seen some beautiful parts of that country that I call my home country, and I'm unlucky in as much as I spend a lot of the time seeing it with you. But I mean, shaking the rough with the smooth. So we're at the north of Cardigan Bay there, looking across to the Thleen Peninsula. That's that over there, John. Wonderful. To the north, in front of us there, that is uh, Snowdonia. That, I think that is Snowdon, that, the big mountain right there with there. the top and the exactly. clouds. you can see it, yeah. That's uh, majestic, Wonderful. isn't it? Majestic. And I think that the key thing here is the sea that stretches out before us, because as we walk down here, you can imagine, right now as we speak, there yeah. are underwater cities, there are people, a, an underwater baker preparing a bun, perhaps uh, an underwater maiden preparing a, a tapestry for an underwater lover, brushing her hair with a sea comb, Mm. You can't just put the word sea in front of something and make I, it a thing. Are you sure? Because, yeah. um, you know, you I'm could seashore. Get... I'm seashore. Ah, you see? You see, seashore. it does work. It see? does work. I'm okay. a professional comedian. That's the difference. That's really That's good. the sort of quality pen you're going to get from me. By adding the word sea to things, it helps paint a picture mentally of what we're going to see. CC. CC Rider. Ah, oh, classic. CC someone on email. CC Senor. All around the world. Senor. Underwater Spanish guy. An underwater Spanish guy. Well. And we may find a few underwater Spaniards. Can you speak sea Spanish? Sea Spanish. Give it a go. Uh, Donde est? In a sea voice. Donde est? Um, what's what's the um, supermarket? Donde est? Oh, what supermarket? I can do, I, I'll ask for two sea beers. fellow. Mm. I want the bill. The, the sea bill. Yeah. You see? Yeah. CC. On this spot overlooking Cardigan Bay, John had arranged a meeting with a Mr. Tum Elias. To John, Tum was a secret agent from the very depths of the Welsh Atlantis. But to me and everyone else in the world, he was just an ordinary human man and talented local storyteller. 
Tom, lovely to meet you. Well, hello, man. How are you? I'm John. This is Mike. Great. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? John's convinced the other man to speak to, Tom, about the legend of the Welsh Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, then, the Welsh Atlantis. At one time, there was a great land here. We stretched right from Barzeiland at the tip of the Llyn Peninsula, straight down to Pembrokeshire. And that was known as Cantrer Gwylod, or the bottom lands. They had a great big dike to protect the land from the sea. And of course, it was a great honour to look after the sluice gates, because the rivers had to empty out, and when the tide was coming in, they closed the sluice gates to protect the land. Well, there was a mighty great feast going on every year, and it was the turn of the different noble families of land to look after the sluice gates. And one particular year became the turn of one of the lords of the area, Saithenin, who was also one of the three greatest drunkards that Britain has ever known. One of the top three. Yeah. But anyway, what happened was the great feast is going on, and poor old Saithenin was stuck out on the blind sluice gates. <laughs> And, um, well, what he did was to persuade the young girl to bring him a big jug of ale. And he then drank this great big jug of ale and got absolutely drunk. And fell asleep. And a storm blew up, didn't it? And it was a high tide as well. And very soon, the tide surged in. The gates were still open. And by the time that poor old Saisenin awoke, <laughs> There was such a rush of water that he could do nothing about it apart from himself. And too late. By now, the great surge swept in and drowned the whole of Cantrell And the only survivor, in fact, was Saithenin himself. Well, bit of luck. Well, he'd been responsible now for the destruction of a huge area and. Do you know, he then spent the rest of his life preaching against the evils of drink. Oh, did he? Poor fella. I'd have gone on a beer after that. I'm looking at John there nodding away. Yeah. Um, this is a myth, though. Well, I think most myths have got some grain of historical truth. The memory of yeah. inundation has created these legends. And the thing is that, of course, if you go down to Borth, just north of Aberystwyth, when the tide goes out, you find these wonderful stumps of pine trees and so on, like, you know? And so there was a land there at one time that was drowned. Those stumps are the forensic evidence of the inundation, the drowning of the land. Wham! Forensic evidence. Next stop, Borth. If we could find Tum's forest, maybe we could find the mermaids, the mermen, and even the soggy gates of Atlantis itself. I'll be honest, mate, I'd love to see a 6,000-year-old forest that remains around. That's going to be interesting. Yes. So obviously, the coastline wasn't where it is now. Mm. So there's a large leap between that and some legion of uh, guild warriors. Mermen. Go and see. Yeah, mermen. mermen. They don't exist, mate. I there's think, no such thing as a mermen. I think you'll find the mermen is one of the biggest religious collectives in the world. The mermen. The mermen, America. I've, I've never heard of them. They wear suits, they ride mountain bikes, and they knock on your door, and they'll chat you. mean the Mormons? The Merman. Do you mean the Mormons? You might be a little Salt bit... Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, yes. Now, where do they live? Say it again. Salt Lake City, Utah. And what's a lake? Yeah, it's, it's a dry water. lake. It's a dry lake. That's and why it's called Salt Lake. There's no water there. And what's a city? What's a city? A collection of dwellings. It's a link. It isn't a link. The Mermans, the, one of the biggest religious collectives They're called in, Mormons. Call them what you like. They're Mermans. So the Osmans are, are Mermen, are they? Donnie and Marie. I hadn't even thought of that. Good. This is the... 
channel we want to be swimming down. They were mermen. They had massive hits. Funny, they never mentioned it, it. You'd have thought sometime in their global popularity in the 1970s, they want to mention the fact they actually live in a submerged kingdom. Think of some of the songs. Crazy horses. Crazy seahorses. Crazy seahorses. It was just called Crazy Horses. Ah, but was it? Were they using a type of dolphin language on top of the human language? Did little Jimmy Osmond talk about his long-haired lover from, from Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. and I'll do anything you ask? Yes. He didn't send me a long-haired, subaquatic lover from Liverpool, did he? No, but he would do anything you asked, which would probably take you on a journey into his underwater kingdom and let you hold hands with the water god. I cut a deal with John. I'd indulge in just one of his fantasies if he promised to indulge in all of my facts. We arrived in both at high tide, and I was concerned to discover John had a rendezvous on the seafront with a man in a van. A van full of rubber. How you doing, guys? Hey, Simon. This is the van, and look what's inside. An absolute ton of wet suitage. Can you give us a safety brief before Yeah, we... yeah, certainly. It's, uh, it's kind of mandatory if you're going to hire surf equipment anyway. Basically, most dangers in the sea are in relation to the size of the surf. Not because the waves are dangerous, but it's more to do with the, the movements of water. So when you have big surf coming in, you're then going to get lots of water being pushed in towards the beach that then becomes trapped and has to find an escape route. And that's where we get water moving back out via what's called a rip current. Most unsuspecting swimmers go, oh, that looks lovely for swimming there. Look, there's no waves. But what they don't realise is that's where the water's going out because there aren't waves breaking there. Okay. Well, I'm like a Johnny Weissmuller, Bill. I'm a, I'm a very strong swimmer as well. So Are you? A, are you? Well, here's a bit of advice. If you're a strong swimmer and a yeah. very strong swimmer, if you ever get caught in a rip current, swim at a 45-degree angle to the shore. Because on either side is where safety lies. We've got water coming in okay. either side. If you're a weak swimmer, John, the shoe. just swim 90 degrees. Yeah. You might float out a little bit. Swim behind the waves so you can see them breaking 30, 40 metres back into the waves and the waves will push you back in. And anything else to worry about, Simon? Jellyfish or...? Uh, there might be one or two. If, say, John got stung, then the best thing for me to do would be if, if I, you know... I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah, do a... Do a, yeah. a wee-wee on do John. A wee -wee on me. Yeah. I Is wouldn't that... recommend it. No? Right, okay. Yeah. As lifeguards, we were always told, never wee on a casualty. After rolling around together on the floor of the nearest men's toilet, we finally managed to get our wetsuits on. I thought of everything, including snorkelling equipment from the local pound shop. We were ready to initiate stage two. Okay, Mike, we've heard the classic tales of mythology. The one thing we haven't done is actually enter the sea. Yeah, for, for good reason, mate. I mean, I'm looking around, it's quite a big beach, and uh, there's no one else in the water either. Exploring your kingdom, I've noticed. Exactly. Let's think of it as being groundbreakers or water breakers. By the way, mate, next time you promise me like a, a trip away to the sea, okay, I'm thinking about somewhere I'm going to wear top to toe neoprene. Somewhere warm, somewhere I can enjoy it. Who doesn't well, like wearing a rubber suit? Me, for one. I feel quite free in it. I feel awful. We just enter the water and we gently drift in to the world of Atlantis. Well, half an hour snorkeling tops and then I'm out of here. Barry the water baker, Tony the water soldier, they're all there, all the classics. Just look, here we go, look. Woo! Oh! Oh, God. I'm actually really cold. I've got, yeah. I've got, do you want to go? You go under first. What? I'm not going under first. Oh, it's just in my privates. It's really cold. Wait right, a minute. We're sort of uh, Wait a minute. up to our waist. Oh! Oh, that's unpleasant. I'm not going any further. Oh. Hang on a minute. Stop. Hang on a minute. Serious now. Stop. 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 Oh, my little Jimmy Jim lips are freezing oh, now. Oh, that's got part of my testicles. Woo! That's freezing. That's freezing. Oh, we need to reassess this. Let's go get some sausages oh. and chips. Let's go back. I'm not going, I'm not going. No, no, no. I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm going back. It's too cold. I'm going back, I'm going back. I don't care about the science anymore. I'm going to kill you for you, you book. Come on, I've got my This was your idea. I've the underwater kingdom. This was your idea. I met the king, I met the water baker. All they want. 
It was now time for coffee and science. In a local cafe, we found geoarchaeologist Dr. Martin Bates. I was sure his tidal wave of fact would sink John's Welsh Atlantis theory once and for all. So, yeah, Martin, tell us a little bit about what's happening in both of the moment. Well, both so special because there's about three or four miles of tree stump after tree stump that date between about 6,000 years ago and about 4,000 years ago. Uh, and it's probably the best preserved forest of its kind in um, Britain. Has anything else been found that could possibly lead to a link to underwater men that would possibly attack dry humans like us? Um, what are you doing? Just asking a simple question, Mike. I'm not sure I'm really qualified to answer that question. Okay. However, we've got footprints, child's footprints, preserved in the peat, in the forest itself. Not, web, not webbed. Not webbed. Not no, webbed. No, 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 no. Not possibly a full-size human, but a shrunken version of it. Water shrinks things sometimes, Mike. Jumpers, things like that. So this could be a race of people that the water shrunk them. Martin, There's no scientific proof for that. So, okay. Um, now, I would suggest those would be normal dry land humans. I'm thinking that. The, the, the most recent find from the forest is a fantastic set of antlers from a red deer. And they are a magnificent set. It's, it's interesting because in the 1978 film with Warlords of Atlantis, the first thing they found was a statue. They then find an entire race underwater. So is this just the beginning? Could you find underwater men? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've lived here for 54 years and not seen any evidence of superior beings beneath the water. Right. So probably I would have to... Um, be a little sceptical about this. Right. Well, this is why you're such a burke, John, right? This is fascinating enough as it is. This is what's called fact, John. Yeah, and maybe we can get extra fact out of this. Extra yeah. fact. Extra right? fact, yeah. Double fact. A few hours later, with the tide fully out, we drove to meet Marty on the beach itself. Double extra fact was just moments away from discovery. I'm looking forward to seeing like a 6,000-year-old forest. I want to see that. You want to see the history, physically taste the history. You I want to physically taste it? No. You want to eat the history, like when you no, go into, the, like when you go to the museum and there's no one looking. You roll a penny across the quiet floor, and everybody turns around to watch the penny. Right. And when they're all got their back turned, you lick the ammonites, or you lick the fossils, or you pick up some Roman. Do you? Roman. Mm, taste the pottery and really get that history inside of you. Ingest that. That history. isn't what people do, mate. People don't go to museums to lick pottery. And I've never sucked an ammonite. Well, then what is wrong with you? Because I am learning so much, not through my that eyes. Some sort of conspiracies, mate. They won't let us suck the fossils. Have you ever seen a sign in a museum where it says, come and have a lick, come and have a suck? Ooh, taste tickle your taste buds. Don't see it, do you? Because taste buds treat us to the truth. That old common catchphrase, TB. I love your T common catchphrase that only T you've ever heard of. Give us the whole quote then, mate, just so I, if it brings any memories from childhood. They didn't teach you this in school? Eyes may see, yeah. ears may hear, nose may smell, but taste buds treat us to the truth. The beach had just hit low tide and the solid evidence of Atlantis was right before our very own eyes. Martin was ready to take a hand and lead us through the gates of Cantraguelod itself. What a spectacular landscape. For the extent of the beach, it's tree stumped, literally hundreds and hundreds. It's, it's fantastic and we're looking north to Abu Dhabi and actually it's not just the stumps that are sticking out like fins of sand sharks, we've got trunks that have fallen over oh, and well. you can see the bark still on some I'm just these. amazed that these are thousands of years old and they're still, like there's one, you know, it looks like a tree that's fell over last winter in a storm. Yeah. It's just oh, yeah. thousands of years yeah. old. Yeah. One of the things to think about when we're trying to imagine this landscape, as those trees died, they would have still been in this landscape. So this would have turned into something like the zone of the dead. You just imagine all these dead trees, yeah. 
leafless, but still standing. Yeah. What would have killed it? Would it have been? It was just uh, the, the saline waters as the sea came back in a little bit. I'm going to touch the tree. I'm just trying to feel, you know, what that tree you went through. You connect him with the tree, yeah? The emotions of the tree. You can sort of sense the tree's life force and leavenity. Is, is leavenity a word? You can hear the pitter-patter of rain on the leaves and you can taste the berries, the There's apples. The pine tree. The pineapples. Pineapples would have grown. Yeah, pineapples don't grow on pine trees. But these ones did, it was a different time. Well, yeah, don't know about that. There's yeah. no, no, quite right, quite right, Martin. Just in front of us here, we can't see too many trees. It's mostly dominated by peat, and that's the decayed remains of vegetation wow. that grew in the forest. So is that quite a hard substance now or not? Well, yeah, well, we can walk across it, so if we walk onto it. So we're on peat now, are we? Yeah, we're on peat now. Sorry, um, Pete. This peat is like compacted felt. It's, it's, it's got a really bizarre texture to it. It has. I mean, if, what we can do, we can try and break a bit off here. Well, she's just going to literally rip the piece off. Look at this, like a very oh, no. thick clay. Wow, look at that I Smell that. Oh, but it was it kind of a doesn't... fishy, vinegary... Good Lord. <laughs> really bizarre kind of... I spent a night with John. It wasn't dissimilar, Martin. Yeah, well, that's the rotten egg smell that's emanating. So this is sulphur that's coming out of peat. It's a very strong smell. Oh, I mean, is this sore. what Atlantis would smell like? <laughs> now, here in front of us, you see these peculiar indentations. It does look like, if you go through a farmer's field after the rain, if cattle have been through there, you see these sort of deep holes where the hooves would have been. That's exactly what you're looking at. Here's an example. Can we see that this one here? It's oh, well, that's really clear. We're looking about the size of a beer mat, but very obviously a cloven hoof animal Animals. has stood there. Well, you know, these creatures obviously uh, roamed this area, grazed here, lived here. As the water levels rose, these sort of creatures could have bred with a fish, created some sort of four-legged sea beast. Feel free to shoot this down in flames, man. I mean, it's just a theory, and it's... I, I, I respect it's a theory. Mm. I think it's probably one that has little legs to carry it. OK, but, but again, um, they might have been smaller because it had crossbred with fish. Yeah, yeah, well, there we are. I, I think that would be a biological miracle, but uh, it's always possible. With John seeing extra fact left, right and centre, Dr Martin revealed his long tool, which we would use to extract the actual fact from the peat beneath our feet. So, Martin, this is your auger. Basically an eight-foot-long pogo stick without the spring at the end. Yeah, and we've just got to push it in. If it involves strength, I'm probably your man. Yeah, yeah a strong, strong diabetic well, man. Well, we'll, we'll give it a go. We'll take it out of the peat surface and see what we find. OK, so the guys, whoa, this is fantastic. The guys now, grab the handles. So we're going to push this straight into the ground. <laughs> the gouger's gone in. Turn it Deep into the earth, Mike is now turning it. It's a bit like opening a sort of prehistoric bottle of wine. This was like a seven or eight feet high tea bar, which is now at sort of waist level. It's yeah. just the right level. It does level. look like I'm riding a scooter that's submerged. And then we'll pull it out then. Here we go. Okay, One, two, three. two men involved now. Really, this is like the sort of Arthurian legend here. The sword in the stone. Right. Go on, I can see the pressure building up there. Veins in Mike's head. Look at his, his face has gone purple. Uh, this reminds me of the world's strongest man circa around the 1980s. John Paul Sigmund. John Paul Sigmund, a.k.a. the Viking. Yes. Go on, son. Go on, son. Ah, the Viking. That's yes. It. Here it comes. It's coming up exceptionally slowly. This, I can see the pressure's up. It's out. It's out. Wow. It's been taken out of the ground. Now we can see this core. I can really smell that it as well. It stinks. The stench is outrageous. So we, oh, it's we, wonderful smell. Are you like to find half a boiled egg in there? I mean, the, the stench is exceptionally sulphurous at the moment. It is. Dr. Martin's mighty auger had plunged through millennia of peat and revealed an absolutely stunning spectrum of sediment, ranging from brown to brown with bits of grey in it. Towards the bottom of this sample, yes. we go from a darky red-brown, almost mm. black, into a sort of grey crayon. Yeah. Yeah, silty clay. Yeah. So this is about 6,000 years ago, when this area was salt marsh. This is pre the forest. Gradually, through this area where it's getting browner, this has not really suffered from any exposure to the air. 
whereas the peat here, it's quite black. The, the oxygen and the air got to it. So we start to see the sea disappearing. But I mean, it's kind of, it's very much like a prehistoric preview box that allows you to take things and save them for later on. That's one of the worst analogies like I've ever heard. It's like a cassette tape and nature has taped all its favourite things. Well, it's like a book. Yeah. I can read this in the same way as I can read a book because I know what these different layers mean. I can see a book. In an average sample like this, what sort of content are we going to find in there? Well, what we'll do is clean it off. So, Marta's oh, just right, scraping okay. the peak off there. Wow, look at that. Oh, that's in that really nice bits of wood in there. Oh, look at those chunks. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a root from one of the trees that was growing up here. It's amazing, actually. You can see tiny little fibres. Like plant fibres, and for the sake of our investigations, no evidence whatsoever of a man-made nature. Um, although clay, we do know of Play-Doh, we do know of Plasticine. Are these just examples of very old Play-Doh? I know when you mix all the colours together, they go brown. Uh, yes, um, well, you might be in the Plasticine, but... Um, yeah, the Plasticine era, I believe. Yes, yeah. Am I hitting on something here? Well, I, I think not. Suddenly, I spotted something in the core sample. Had we just stumbled on the key evidence to pinpoint Atlantis to this exact location? That looks like a toenail. Nope. Well, no, a toenail? no, no, it's not toenail. That yeah. looks like a leaf stem. That, that is a reed. That's wow. a, a wow. reed from a, a reed swamp. So that's a 5,000 year old thing I'm holding there. Yeah. The unexplainers were in deep, deep water. I needed history, John craved mystery. Was there a person that could combine both? Of course there was. Otherwise, this voiceover link would be utterly pointless. Cue Erin Kavanagh. Erin, hello. Hello. How's it going? Hi, this Mike. is Mike. Hi, Mike. Now, we understand you're a, a crypto mythologist. Uh, no, a myth. A myth G... A geomythologist. That's the one, yes, a geomythologist, yes. yes. What, is that, what does that mean? Got... That means that I study the relationship between stories and science. Perfect. Very interesting. So, for me, after my research, this is the gateway to Atlantis. Is there any association from your point of view with Atlantis here? Is there a link that maybe helped someone like Mike realign with reality? Yes, Atlantis is here in Cardigan Bay. Strong it's... response. Don't tell him this. Strong it's just response. not counter Greyland. Okay. It's Plant Who's Thoven. That's the Welsh Atlantis. Wow, OK, controversial. The story of Plant Who's Thoven tells of a land out to sea in Cardigan Bay ruled by Hwys the Deep. Not deep as in deep sea, but deep as in philosopher deep. Like me, a thinker. Sort of. Yeah. If you thought about how to punch a hole through a wall after four pints, yeah, that sort of... Hwys the Deep was a pacifist and he created a utopia out on the water and this land sits on the surface of the sea. So essentially the floating fortress from Kevin Costner's Waterworld? Along those lines, yes. In order to protect it from the people living on the land with their wars and their wealth and their greed, you could only see this land if you stood on a certain patch of herbs. Wow. And when you stand on this patch of herbs in Cardigan Bay, you can see the land out to sea. And people claim that they have seen Plant Cruisefoyven. And what, what specific mean, herbs are these? Oh, gosh, that's what you yeah. ask, yeah. You know. That bit of the information, I'm afraid, is lost. I, I can look heavily John's into... John's done a lot of research yeah, on that, Yeah, a lot of work with herbs in the past. Have you personally experienced any visions, been near herbs, looked out to see, you know? I've certainly seen what looks like a land out on the water. OK. But Have you? one can see all sorts of things looking across the seawater. Yeah. Sometimes, if the light is right, you can see what looks like hills on the horizon and the water turns green as if they are fields and you can see brown sections and movements which look like people in the distance. Do you think that there's any truth behind any of these legends? The interesting thing 
for me about the story of Plumpy's Thuyven is that it's said to be protected by a creature with horns and cloven hooves. Now, what have we seen, Mike, on the floor here? Cloven hooves, yeah? Cow footprints. Yeah. yeah. So you've seen the cloven hoof prints. Yes. We found horns. The stag horns we spoke about earlier on today. It all adds up. If you can find the correct herbs, take a handful and see if you can find a utopia out on the sea, protected by a creature with horns and cloven hooves. Erin had just given me a brand new herbal remedy and I was sure it would cure Mike's chronic case of denial. I was desperate to give it a try. So Mike, our journey's taken us far and wide. Yeah. Started off in a gym and ended up here in a place of history magic. Both. The only thing I feel that's let both of us down is, is the fact that our journey hasn't quite taken us to the gates. Yes, yeah, we're there. We haven't actually seen Atlantis, have we? We haven't actually seen an underwater kingdom. No, but that's only because there was one thing we weren't doing. Erin spoke about using a series of herbs. Yeah, which right. were unknown. So you've gone and bought some unknown herbs, have you? Right here. What are you doing? Some unknown herbs. Popped into a supermarket, closed my eyes, picked up six different types, including cinnamon sticks, right. tarragon. Lovely. Come in. Cumin. A lot, a lot of stupid people call it cumin. Mm. Um, Come in. That's it. Nice in the curry. Mustard seeds, dill, yeah. and of course, BBQ seasoning, the rarest of well, all that, the herbs. Yeah, no, that's barbecue seasoning, John. That's not actually a herb, mate. All we need to do now is simply mix the correct blend of unknown herbs by closing my eyes and reaching out and grabbing a container. I'll add some to our pestle and mortar. My hand guides over the herbs. Just simply say stop. stop. Okay, which one am I on? That's on the cumin. Come in. Right, so a bit of cumin in. Right, go again, come on. Okay, hand over. And stop. Mustard seeds. Mustard, pop a bit of that in. Stop. Yeah, all BBQ seasoning. Yeah, don't put too much on you. You, you prat. Frankie. You've ruined it. That's oh. going to be awful. Oh, it smells like Space Raider crisps. Doesn't smell too bad, actually. Wonderful. Right, so for the radio and the podcast listeners, John is now grinding a collection of herbs and spices and barbecue seasoning into a very fine powder, which I imagine he's going to sprinkle on the floor shortly so we can both stand on it in a futile attempt to see an underwater kingdom. Come on now. Oh, it's inside of me and I can feel it bubbling up with the waves and that oh, eternal jelly frisk. Mm, focus now. Focus. Well, that's enough. Stop it. Right, John is now pouring a fairly nice-smelling collection of herbs he's ground up onto the grass. All pretty normal so far, and then we're going to, um, if I remember correctly, John, we're going to stand on this now. We stood on the herbs for at least an hour, but then it clicked. I'd forgotten something, something crucial. My old rhyme, of course, taste buds, the truth. Surely this was the missing link. Now, wait as I taste the truth. Oh, don't eat it. Don't put that in your mouth. Don't. John, I feel the door. You idiot. Perfect. What do you think I was going to do, you burger? Perfect. Have a jar of barbecue seed. <coughs> you prat. Good, babe. Get some water. Get, what are you? <coughs> Found my dad. Well, phone your dad and say what? It's Mike Bourbon's John's mate from the Unexplainer. Yeah, yeah, not bad, thanks, mate. How's the cricket going? Oh, yeah. yeah look, look, just interrupt for a second. What it is, uh, John's eating four handfuls of mixed spices so that you can see Atlantis appearing from the sea in Bore. <coughs> Do you see it? No. Please eat herbs responsibly and please don't contact John's dad. The Unexplainers is a Zipline creative production for BBC Radio Wales. The Unexplainers Extra!
check out our website, theunexplainers.com. Follow us on Twitter, at The Unexplainers. Find us on Facebook, or check out our videos on YouTube. The Unexplainers, explaining most things that are unexplainable. Apart from that horrible bit of skin in between your toes, I'm not going anywhere near that. Right, John, let's do a trailer, come on. Okay, here we go. The Demon Seed is happening. It's now. It's here. It's about to open your mind to a whole new world of paranormal existence, mysteries, intrigue. Yeah. Well, it's just that. It's, it's yeah. things that, you know, it's you talking about things that can't be explained. Yeah. And then me, me explaining them. Unlike any other show that's been done, especially mm. between the two of us ever. Oh, yeah, nothing like anything we've done previously. If you want to waste half an hour, then just just, just click the link that will take you to this thing. And it, and it might be longer than that. Yeah. And, and it might be shorter than that. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be around that, that length of time. I've got it. I've got it. Go on. Haven't got much on. Listen to the Demon Seed. Yeah. And that's it. That's Walk it. in the dog. Listen, listen to the, to demon, the seed. demon Seed. And we can do it together. Yeah, yeah. So. Walk in the dog. Listen, listen to, to the Demon Seed. Listen to the Demon Seed. Washing up. There we go. Listen, listen to, to the demon, demon seed. seed. Paint on the wall. Listen, to, listen. The demon seed. Seed. Um, I haven't. Got, I don't know many people. Listen to the listen demon, to the demon seed. seed. Um, um, don't don't like mixing. I want to stay in tonight. Listen to the, listen demon, to the demon seed. Um, you've been no, kicked out uh, by your missus because she yep. found out you've been fiddling with next door. Uh, you live sleeping the in the car. Yeah. Listen, listen to the demon, to the demon seed. Um, uh, had a power cut and I haven't got anything to do. Listen. But your yeah. earbuds still work because your phone yeah. was charged up. Yes. Listen yes. to the demon Listen seed. Listen to the demon seed. Um, car broken down on the side of a motorway. Listen. L- no, no, no. Be careful with that. Okay. Because you've it... got to be aware of traffic and stuff. Oh, how about this? How about this? Car broken down on the side of the motorway. Safely gone behind the barrier on the hard shoulder away from the car and called the authorities. And then. Listen. Listen to the demon to the seed. Demon seed. Yeah. That is a good Cross, trailer. Crossing the road. Don't listen to the demon seed. pause. Yeah. Cross get the, the road safely. Side. Yeah, get to the other side. And Go then... Go the pavement again. Listen to the demon listen seed. To the demon seed, yeah. Um, what other things are Go there? on an hour-long walk. Listen to the demon seed, seed. But then the last sort of 15 minutes plus... Just listen just to bird song. nature. Listen to, yeah, just listen to bird song. You miss out a lot sometimes by, by having headphones on. You miss out yeah. a lot. Worried about being asked for spare change by... Homeless people. Listen to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Yeah. Or pretend. Uh, just even, just pretend. Listen to the demon seed. Yeah. Classic. On a train, uh, looking out the window. Yeah. Listen to the. In, in a quiet carriage, seat. make sure it's very quiet. Yeah. You don't want none of this. Although we haven't got any drummer bass in the demon seed. No, we can. I can get some in. I'm working on a track at the moment, actually. Well, I don't because it'll. Yeah. Think of that's true. Might ruin it. Trains in it. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've given them a good, a pretty, pretty good roundup of what to, how to use. Well, producer reset a punchy fifteen seconds, so that that's, that should nail it. That's right in there. That is top of the charts. That was, See, that was perfect. Well done. Brilliant. 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 Thanks, Reese. No problem. Producer Reese, there. I like the way the standards are so low. That was. If you if you producer Reese, you know, listen to the demon seed. You'll have to because he's doing the edit. Yeah. <laughs>